0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It is Friday, October 28th, 2022. And I am your host, as always, The Pody. I want to welcome you. Thank you for listening and tuning into this episode. Last week's episode actually got some pretty good traction, um, decent amount of uh, listens compared to the rest of them. And it was one of my longer ones that I've done in a while. So I want to thank everybody for sticking through to the end or listening through a long episode. But I think I did a very good job of encapsulating everything that was going on with the sports equinox and such. So we're back at it. It is the day. The World Series starts in just a few hours, under four hours here now. So I'm looking forward to that. I've already placed a $50 bet on the Phillies money line. So we're riding with the Phillies for tonight. Uh, So we'll talk about that. We will get into the NBA and talk about how bad both the Nets and the Lakers are right now. What's going on with Ben Simmons? What's going on with Russell Westbrook? Um, We will talk some football. We had thursday night football last night um a very ugly typical thursday night football game it looked like right off the bat um that that defense of the bucks was was going to dominate the ravens and then it was low scoring and then the second half happened we had a bunch of injuries guys left uh one player out for the season I'll get to that. I will preview this upcoming week's games. Um, there, There's a lot going on. A- a- and college football, which we're going to get to uh, in just a second as well. Great slate of games this weekend. Um, this is my do-nothing weekend. I am super excited. World Series tonight. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 released Today. So I'm looking forward to playing that. Although most of my friends, for whatever reason, can't really play tonight. I will try to get some hours in myself um, on, on some multiplayer, some team death, So, so check it out. Um, and then tomorrow we'll hopefully get on there and play. I'll watch some of the World Series. Not some. I will watch the World Series tonight. Um, I'm looking forward to it. My new favorite show on television right now, despite um, Everybody probably thinking it's The Watcher. I haven't started The Watcher yet, although my parents and sister have watched it because uh, we live in New Jersey. It's about a house in Westfield, New Jersey, not too far from here. Haven't checked that out yet, but it's Peripherals with Chloe Grace Moretz. So I'm on that one. Episode three just released today. Check it out. Little sci-fi futuristic, um, interesting concept with like the metaverse type stuff. Uh, so worth checking out. But, yeah, it's a sports weekend. Of course, my Jets at home against a reeling Patriots team that looked really bad on Monday night. I don't know if this bodes well for the Jets or not. Of course, lo- the loss, the losses of Boris Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker are looming large. There will be no Corey Davis in this game, although after his trade request went awry, and they won't grant it. Elijah Moore is now back and looking like he could be a focal point of this of this wide receiver group. It's going to be him and Garrett Wilson. We'll probably see Denzel Mims activated again. He had a huge block on that Brees Hall 70-yard touchdown a week ago against the Broncos, but somehow the Jets are 2.5-point underdogs at home. They're 5-2 and two against a Patriots team that just lost to the Bears on Monday night football. Bizarre. Very bizarre. So that's a spread I'm... I'm definitely keeping my eyes on. Then, of course, you've got another one, the Giants. They seem to win every week. They're six and one. This is uh right, you know, they have they're on bye next week. So this would be huge if they could get to seven and one. They're traveling across country, which is not easy to do. Across country to take on Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks, who will probably be without DK Metcalf in this game, although we've seen now an emerging Kenneth Walker. Both of these teams towards the bottom in terms of uh, rushing defense. So expect both of these running backs to have pretty decent games. Um, it should be a fun one. But both New York teams, better some of the better records in the NFL, and they're both underdogs. And we saw what happened last week when the Giants were underdogs, and then, of course, the Jets were favored by, like, a point. It flipped because Russell Wilson didn't play, so uh, I'm intrigued by all of it. Uh, I'm excited. Um, So, yeah, without further ado, let's jump right in. So, I've got, like, 10 pages of notes or 11 pages of notes. It might be the most I've ever had for an episode, so we're going to just... This is going to be rapid fire, and we're just going to try to bang this out in the next hour or so, so I could have some dinner and get ready for the World Series and maybe get an hour in of Call of Duty or COD before before the World Series starts. So let's go. First up, we're going to jump in, talk some college football. There are just six remaining unbeaten teams in all of the land. Syracuse I talked about them a week ago their big tilt against Clemson this was a big test for them and they did they passed the eye test although they they blew this game late they they uh they had a they had a double digit lead uh there was a nice scoop and score there with with Clemson going in on the little read option they dropped it scoop score and it looked like Syracuse was going to win this game um Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Clemson benched their star quarterback, DJ Uwe and they proceeded to mount a comeback and win that game. So tough loss for Syracuse, but Clemson stays unbeaten there. So uh, then you had Ole Miss getting their butts whooped by LSU. A lot of people I saw were all over LSU on this one, so good job there. And then you had Chip Kelly. Oh, it was an embarrassing embarrassing uh performance um and and to have it happen against your former team in oregon unbelievable and oregon after getting blown out in week one have just rattled off win after win after win so they're in line one loss they could get into the cfp they're looking really really strong as well uh then you have georgia they're still undefeated uh they were on bye this week and although they had a close call against missouri they remain the only team to beat Oregon. So there you have that. Uh, the Bulldogs' toughest remaining opponent will be Tennessee on November 5th. So uh, check your calendars. That's, that's coming up, not too far off. That's next week. Um, Ohio State, they're looking as good as ever. Um, and I talked about this last week. I figured they would cover against Iowa, but I do know that Iowa does have one of the better defenses. But my goodness, they blew through the over-under. Uh, I think it was like 49 and a half. Um, and they just, they destroyed it. They, they scored 54 points alone, winning this one 54 to 10. So they covered the spread. I was right there, but they did not um, hit on the under there. And their toughest remaining opponent, Ohio State, that is, is going to be Michigan. That one on November 26th. So just about 28 days away. And speaking of Michigan, they too are unbeaten. They put the college football landscape on notice when they beat Penn State 41 to 17. I was all over. I was all over um Penn State this week after getting blown out by by michigan i jumped on them minus five i think it was against minnesota they covered that and then tcu hit on my parlay it was a sweet little parlay that i hit for like 200 bucks tcu was down 17 came all the way back they've been like the cinderella story uh so far this season i'll talk about them in a second so yeah the winner of the ohio state michigan game will likely have a place in the cfp i'm not going to rule out both getting in um, because they're both two of the better teams in college football and there could be a scenario where one of them is undefeated and that one loss still enables them to get in although it's going to be tough because that one loss is going to prevent one of these two teams from probably getting into the Big Ten Championship. Clemson, just talked about them, right? They are now 8-0 after beating Syracuse. Things were not going well for most of this game. Syracuse took a 21-10 lead. As I mentioned, they were up double digits. But Dabo Sweeney, the mastermind that he is, never afraid to switch quarterbacks. So he benched DJ Uyungle, for freshman Cade Klubnick and it works because Clemson came back to win this one 27 to 21 their toughest remaining game will be at Notre Dame November 5th that's not that tough but in that environment it can be um Tennessee we, we know what they did to Alabama right they surprisingly find themselves at 7-0 after an upset of uh, of Bama you know uh the whole goalpost thing and everything right so I, I don't know if I'm totally ready to anoint them as one of the top, top teams just yet because they don't have that proven track record uh that some of these other teams do, like your Ohio state, your Michigan's, um, you know, Oklahoma's, even though they're not even that good this year. But you know what I'm saying, you know, your Alabama's, they'll still write the ship. Um, so I don't know if I'm ready just yet to to say that they're that good. You know, Georgia's still the top dog. Um, and whatnot, but they, you know, they do look damn good and they've beaten everybody on their schedule. That's all they can do. However, however, I do want to go on record and say Kentucky and Tennessee this weekend, and I'm laying the points. Uh, I'm taking the points with, uh, with Kentucky here. It's a big spread at 12 and a half and um, I think Kentucky's a good enough team that they, they can contend in this game and, and keep it close. I don't think they'll win, but I think they could keep it close. So we'll see. Um, and we've got next week, Tennessee, Georgia. That should be a good one. If both of these teams are undefeated, then, you know, just like with Michigan, Ohio State, it might not write off either for a spot at the CFP. So if both these teams win this weekend... A one loss team after that game next week, they could still theoretically get in. So we'll see. And then lastly, the uh, of the remaining undefeateds, we've got TCU, who I just spoke about. The Horned Frogs deserve some respect. They won a hard fought game against a good Kansas team a few weeks ago, even though, uh, Their quarterback suffered an injury, Um, still tough, hard-nosed game that they they, they snuck out and they proved Saturday why they belong. Like I said, they were down 17 early, but roared all the way back to beat a ranked Kansas State team by ten. Um, I was going through all the emotions because that was my second leg of the parlay. Uh, Penn State was a was a freaking lock. They were they were murdering Minnesota by that point, covering the five easy. So I just needed uh, TCU to cover the three and a half. So win by four. They were up ten late. Um, Kansas State got the ball back. I'm like, oh, here we go. Just if they go down and score a touchdown, I'm screwed. They only win by three. First play, they throw a pick. And then, of course, TCU gets the ball back, and they are about to get stopped. But then I think they go for it on like fourth down. Whatever happened, they got a first down, and they see that was the game. And I was like, "Oh, thank God!" So, uh, yeah, that worked out for me well. And uh, TCU, their toughest remaining game, um, it will be. Let's see, Texas. Yes, Texas on November 20th. Um, Interestingly enough, speaking of Texas, it just came out today that Arch Manning is going to enroll early at Texas in January and be eligible to play uh, next season there. So something to keep an eye out for. So, yeah, we've we've got teams all over. Uh, Clearly, it's the SEC is really good right now, right? We all know that. They're always good. You've got some Big Ten teams in there that are still unbeaten. Um, you know, TCU is killing it. Uh, that Big 12, it's an interesting bunch. Can they play defense when push comes to shove? Probably not, um, but some good storylines in there. And then uh, you've got Texas AM. How about them? What happened? What's going on with Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies? They were supposed to be a powerhouse this year and for many years to come, right? They had the number one recruiting class in the nation. So what happened? Well, it's been an absolute nightmare. They just they just lost to South Carolina, dropping them to three and four on the season three and four on the season. I remember when they had the number one recruiting class in the country, I certainly, it, it opened my eyes. I was like, what? Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher? Not Alabama, not Ohio State, not Michigan? Nope, it was Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. So I thought, was Jimbo, is this the new top dog in college football? No, 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 not even close. And the worst part is, they're locked and loaded with Jimbo Fisher, there's no backing out now. Even if they wanted to get rid of him, he still owed $86 million on his fully guaranteed contract. Oh my God. And things just keep getting worse, not better. There are now reports that three freshman players were suspended ahead of that South Carolina game because they were smoking marijuana in the locker room before the game. What are you doing? I mean, what are you doing? Where is the respect? Unbelievable. So I'll get uh later in the show I'll, I'll break down what 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 are the top games to watch this weekend. I don't have it pulled up in front of me at the moment, so I'll catch that at the latter tail of this show. All right. Next up, we're gonna jump in tonight's the night. World Series starts. Stage is set. Right. We've got the number one seeded Houston Astros. They were the number one team in the American League for pretty much all, the whole season. Um. I mean, Yankees started 52-18. and They had the best record in baseball, and that quickly faded. Astros, number one team in the American League, and they have done nothing but win seven straight playoff games. They have yet to lose a playoff game. Swept the Seattle Mariners in three, swept the Yankees in four. Here they sit, a powerhouse team that lost in the World Series last year. They've been here, what, four times in the last six years, Um, So it's it's two polar opposite teams, because then on the other side, the flip side, you've got the upstart Phillies, right? The the final team to get in the playoffs, the sixth seed, only six teams made the playoffs in the National League and American League. And the Phillies were the last team to get in the final wild card. They had to go on the road. Every series had a disadvantage. They fired their manager and Joe Girardi early in the season. Um, when they had a really brutal schedule, when Bryce Harper had just gotten pretty much hurt and couldn't play. Uh, so here they are. Rob Thompson, interim manager. Phillies, they're just hitting, 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 and getting really good pitching from Zach Wheeler. They don't really have a closer. They're just total polar opposites. You've got like Dusty Baker, the Hall of Famer. He's won either the most or I think second most games without ever winning a World Series. Then you've got, like I said, Rob Thompson. Nobody even knows who Rob Thompson is. He's been part of Joe Girardi's staff when he was with the Yankees, with the Phillies. He, he's he been in baseball a long time. And you just don't know that how this is going to shake out. I'm expecting a really good series. Um, I just don't know. Like the Phillies... Don't necessarily. This is their first World Series since 2009. Something the Yankees have been trying to do since that 2009 World Series win over the Phillies, um, and it's just weird because the Astros have been here so often for so many years in a row, and they so they have the experience. This is like the first year Bryce Harper in his career made it past a divisional round in the playoffs. Now he's all the way to the to the World Series. It was his two run homer in the eighth inning of Game Five in. Uh, at CBP in Philadelphia that lifted the Phillies to a 4-3 victory and sent them to the World Series. He's just on a blistering pace right now, hitting like over 400 in the playoffs. And the Phillies, if you watch their games, they're putting up a lot of runs. And then on the flip side, you watch the Astros, and they're yeah, they're hitting their home runs here and there, but they're not putting up too many runs. They're doing it on the backs of that unbelievable pitching. And as bad as the Yankees were in that series... They were in every game but one, and that's scary if you're a Houston fan and if you're the Astros. So I, I'm taking the Phillies. I think this is a great story, and I, I'm taking – I, I put my money where my mouth is. I have money on the Phillies tonight. You've got Aaron Nola versus Verlander. Verlander is 0-6 in in his career in the World Se- in, in World Series starts, so I'm just going by history. Dusty Baker's never won a World Series. You know, uh, Mattress Max stands to win $75 million. We can't have any of this. So give me the Phillies, right? Uh, And what a story that would be. You fire your manager, your World Series winning manager, and Joe Girardi just 51 games into a season. 51 games in. And here they are sitting in the World Series, you know. um, The differential... The 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 Astros won 19 more games in the regular season than the Phillies. That is the second largest differential between World Series teams. The other was like in early 1900s um, that it happened, that there was more. Uh, just incredible, um, incredible. Uh, the Astros, they opened as minus 185 favorites. I don't know what they're currently sitting at. I'm sure a lot of money was being laid on the Phillies. They certainly, you know, like I said, They've got the experience. They've got the pedigree. They know what it takes to win. Um, But again, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I think the pressure is on the Astros. Just like the pressure has been on the Dodgers for so many years now. Number one team in the NL every year. Number one team in baseball. Number one record. And they lose in the divisional round. Or they lose in the... NLCS similar with the Astros. It's been a while since they won a world series, right? Um, we all know about 2017, the cheating scandal, and that's going to be, that's going to be a factor here. David Robertson is on the Phillies. He was on that 2017 Yankees team that felt like they were robbed of a world series. Okay. And so there could be some blood there. And then you've got a guy pitching for the Astros They're Um, reliever Hector Narris who used to be the closer for the Phillies he used to be on this team so there's that dynamic and then uh they just came out with the rosters they finalized the rosters ahead of today's start and the Astros added lefty reliever Will Smith 33-year-old Will Smith used to be the closer for the Giants and he was on the staff for the Braves last year that won a World Series so he's looking to win back Two back World Series with two different teams, so there's just so much going on, um, and I can't wait for this series. And I'm I'm not a Dusty Baker fan. I can't stomach Dusty Baker. I, what is this man doing? How, like he's 80 years old practically and he sits in the dugout with a toothpick in his mouth and he wears two black latex gloves like, like you know, he's in—he's a hospital worker. Like he's a, surge, he's a surgeon out there. Like what are you doing with the latex gloves? Do you know how much your hands sweat in those things and how uncomfortable they must be? Like what are you doing, man? Like COVID is over. Like bro, Enough is enough. Like, you're fine. Take the damn gloves off. Like, it's got to be super, something superstitious at this point. And then you'll see him. He walks the, he paces the dugout. will go from one side to the other because that's the side that's going to produce hits. He's just a very old school type of guy. I've actually met him Um briefly through a fence, I think it was in spring training back when one of my dad's former players was drafted by the Cubs in the first round way back in the early 2000s. I was probably in like eighth grade or something. And I briefly met him just not. I'm not a fan of Dusty Baker. Like I'm over it. You know, how do you win this many games, have a team with a juicing Barry Bonds, and you can't win a World Series? I just don't get it. Um, so. Listen. It is what it is. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer. I'm just not a fan. I don't like any of the Astros. I'm not a fan of Al. I don't like Altuve. I don't like Bregman. I, I certainly don't like friggin' uh, Yuri Gurriel and his crazy hair. Um, I'm just, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Um, so give me Philly. I'm rooting for Philly. I'm rooting for uh, David Robertson to get his revenge. I'm rooting for Bryce Harper. I've always been a Bryce Harper fan. Um, so yeah, this should be great. I can't, Freaking wait. All right, let's see. Uh, some 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 stats and historical info about this World Series, right? So Justin Verlander, he will become only the second pitcher ever to start a World Series game in three different decades when he starts game one today, joining Roger Clemens. Um, And yeah, I don't know if a team has ever gone undefeated in a playoffs. They win four straight and sweep they would have swept every series. They are now 7-0 in the playoffs. I said that before, and I truly do believe that the streak ends tonight. I, I believe that they were not tested at all by the Yankees and that they're going to be flat tonight. I know the game's in Houston, but I just love the Phillies, Uh, the energy they bring. Those bats are on fire right now. This should be a good one. I think they could chase Verlander early in this game. I don't think uh, Verlander will... I'd be shocked if he doesn't make it through five innings, but he's going to give up. He's going to give up some runs, and I I like the Phillies in this one. All right. Some other baseball news. The Miami Marlins have hired a new manager. They are replacing Don Mattingly with Cardinals bench coach Skip Schumacher. He is 42 years old. He is a former player, played 11 years in the majors before retiring in 2016 and entering the coaching ranks. Uh, Yankees owner Hal Steinbrenner told the Associated Press on Wednesday that Aaron Boone and uh, Brian Cashman will return for t- in 2023. Oh, joy. Uh, Cashman is not under contract after that year or so, after uh, next year. So uh, hopefully we could get him out of there. Um, yeah, us Yankee fans now have to endure this crap for another year. And interestingly enough, Mariano Rivera, Yankee great, greatest closer ever he spoke candidly about the situation and said that if he was the owner of the Yankees Boone would not return so he would fire Aaron Boone but to this I would say it's not yes Boone did not manage his team well but again in this day and age how much say does the manager truly have is the manager calling the shots I know they come on radio I know they sit in front of cameras and reporters and say it's their call blah 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 I don't know if I buy it. The strings are being pulled by by the brass upstairs. And it, I'm sorry, if George Steinbrenner were still alive, this would be unacceptable to get swept and to get embarrassed by a team that's beaten you every freaking year since 2015. Practically, they own us. If George was alive, everybody would be fired. Everybody. Oh, and it doesn't get better because according to SNY, players made claims that the ALCS at home was an unusually brutal experience, and it was hard for them to believe that Aaron Judge was getting booed. Do they not understand that they're being paid millions of dollars and that winning with this franchise, this is the greatest franchise the the winningest franchise in sports. No team has done it better in history than the New York Yankees in winning championships. So there is an expectation, and the fans, whether it's Aaron Judge all the way down to you know Harrison Bader who just got here, or a rookie in oswald oswald Cabre, Oswaldo Cabrera or oswaldo Oswald Perez or whatever. They will boo you no matter who you are. I don't care that Aaron Judge hits 62 home runs in the regular season. That's doing nothing for me now in the playoffs. So I'm sick and tired of it. Like, you've got to be kidding me. The the, the the They actually had the audacity to say, That they know player reaction to the fans is that the player reaction to the fans is a tangible problem. And a former Cy Young winner in uh, Jake Arrieta actually said that if he's Aaron Judge, he would not come back here to the Yankees because they booed him. Are you kidding me? I've got something to tell you, Jake, considering you never played in New York and you don't know what it's like. Derek Jeter was booed in 2004 the most embarrassing moment in yankees history for me and you could argue for ever until this until this sweep by the astros was 2004 when the yankees blew a three to nothing series lead only time in history it's ever happened in major league baseball that a team came back down three down oh three and it happened to be their rival Boston Red Sox. And Game 7 was just was just the icing on the cake. It was awful. Got Johnny Damon hitting grand slams into the upper deck of the old Yankee State. It was just a blowout in Game 7. And guess what? The captain himself, Derek Jeter, was booed in that series. Derek Jeter himself was booed. And you know what Derek Jeter did or didn't do? He didn't run away. He didn't ask for a trade. He didn't go sign with another team. He said that he didn't blame the fans for booing him he said he would have booed himself for how bad he played yankees fans expect greatness and i'm sorry josh donaldson if you can't handle the pressure of playing in new york don't let the door hit you on the way out goodbye so sick and tired of this these crappy freaking guys. these players getting paid millions of dollars They come to New York and they just forget how to play and they turn into uh, just a shell of themselves. Like Donaldson, a former MVP, he gave the Braves something special a couple of years ago and you're telling me this guy couldn't hit a lick? I could have stood up there and done what he did. Pathetic. And it wasn't just Donaldson, it was all of them. Rizzo and Bader were good, um, but... And, and Stanton was okay, but my goodness, learn to hit a curveball, people. Change your goddamn philosophy, and it starts with the top of that organization, and that is the issue. Those hitting coaches are horrible. Fire them all. Fire them all, because they don't know what they're doing. Enough of this goddamn launch angle. Stop trying to—they're, lo- like, sitting on fastballs, then they're sitting on curveballs. They just—they're all—they're guessing on every—it's embarrassing. I gave you my rant last week. I'm not going to waste my breath and do it again. Okay. Adam Wainwright, we all thought he was about, he was going to retire, had this farewell tour. Well, no, he's coming back. The 41-year-old said he will lace it up for one more season making it his 19th after posting pretty decent numbers in 2022 a 3.71 ERA in 32 starts for a Cardinals team that did win its division so I'm sure he sees potential oh and by the way he is sitting on 195 career wins so that might have influenced him just a tad bit Um that's my baseball s- stuff for you um World Series on tonight some other things. Uh, I, I mentioned it briefly. Bu- Bruce Bochi. I think last week I mentioned it. Bruce Bochi is the new manager of the Rangers. So there's that. Let me just double check, make sure there's not anything else going on that I would have missed ahead of this World Series game. Uh, nope, rosters are set. Okay. Oh, for the first time since Jackie Robinson in like 1950, there will be zero U.S.-born black players on either roster, which is just incredible, incredible. Um. Oh, and this this is a uh, something I just saw. Minute Maid Park, the roof will be closed for tonight's game. That was a big bit of a controversy when the Yankees played there. Um. What was that game two when Bregman hit that home run? Um. And they were all they were bitching about the roof being open with the wind blowing that way and all that good stuff. So. Yeah. All right. That's it for baseball. Let's talk NFL. We're about 30 minutes in and we've got to pick this thing up. All right. Again, parody, parody, parody. Upsets reigned supreme yet again, yet again. And it started with Geno Smith in week seven. Well, it didn't start with him because they play in the later later games. But Geno Smith and Seattle Seahawks are now in first place. Let that sink in for a second. Oh, my God. After they whooped the Chargers 37-23. The Chargers might be the worst team in the NFL that's over 500. They are awful. Justin Herbert now has two touchdowns in the last three weeks. They look like a shell of themselves. Um... They lost Mike Williams in this game, although Keenan Allen came back. I don't know if he was back fully or in and out. It just a mess. All of a sudden, everything is going through Eckler. Justin Herbert does not look... This whole offense looks bad. It's brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. Um, But this was the Kenneth Walker breakout game. He... finally had his moment rushing for 168 yards and two touchdowns. Geno Smith has come back down to earth a little bit. They also lost a key player in this game, DK Metcalf. He will likely miss this week's game against the Giants, um, but something to keep an eye out for. He's a freak of an athlete, uh, and we'll see if he might he might actually suit it up, maybe be a decoy or something. Um, in the next game, this was the biggest upset of the season. Somehow the Bucks. Who were thirteen point favorites lost to the Panthers, who just traded away Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson by a final score of twenty-one to three. Twenty-one to three. Um and now with the loss last night, they've lost three in a row. It's a bad omen. It was a bad omen in early in this one when Mike Evans dropped the most wide open touchdown you could ever drop. There there were The corner fell wide open over the top in the middle of the field. um, And he dropped it. And he catches that. He walks into the end zone and they go up 7-0. And instead, they don't score a touchdown the rest of the game. The Bucs could not run the ball. And I believe they have the fewest rushing yards per game through seven games in NFL history. It's something like 64 rushing yards per game. They were no better last night. It's embarrassing how bad they are at running the ball right now. Um, Their sure-handed defense, what's going on, Todd Bowles? Gave up seven-plus yards per carry to the likes of Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. Like, what's going on? Uh... For Tampa Bay, luckily, now that they're three and five, they're half a game back uh, of like the Falcons. But the Falcons, once, once they play, if they lose, um, actually, are the Falcons on bye this week? Uh, no, the Chiefs and Chargers are. Who the Falcons are playing? The Falcons, the Falcons. Oh, Falcons are playing the Panthers. So, um, yeah, if they win that game and get to four and four or the Panthers win, it's gonna be bet it's gonna be mayhem in the NFC South with all these teams at three and five. Crazy. Just crazy. Uh there was also an incident in this game, and who knows if it if it carried over to last night's game with Mike Evans. He he got over a hundred yards, but some of the routes he ran, him and Brady were not on the same page. Uh he was supposed to run a deep slant in the end zone towards the end of the game, and he just like whatever he did wasn't even a route. And It was just bad, but basically, uh, after the game video appeared to show two referees by the names of Jeff Lamberth and Trip Sutter hand, Mike Evans, a piece of paper and a pen as if to sign an autograph, which is totally against the rules and not something that is allowed by refs after an investigation though, according to, you know, whoever investigated this, whether it be the NFL, the refs, you know, whoever, um, it appears that, um, what was really going on. This is what they told us that Mike Evans was giving Jeff Lamberth his phone number to pass along to a golf pro for golf lessons. You know, casually uh, I just lost 21 to three, but you know, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing from your, your, your guy there. Cause I, I need some golf lessons. Like that's what's going on. Um, and apparently they have some sort of connection because at Mike Evans and the ref Lamberth there, they both attended Texas A&M. So, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the story we were told and that's all we're going to get. Speaking of upsets, another favorite in the Green Bay Packers, they went into FedEx Field as four and a half point favorites against the Commanders and they blew a double digit lead. Packers and Bucks, they blew, absolutely blew my alternate spread up 16 parlay just awful um they would go on to lose this one 23 to 21 to taylor Heineke and company uh the packers have dropped three straight now and have a tilt sunday night against none other than the bills in buffalo i mean that is awful and then there were the comments aaron Rodgers made On the Pat McAfee show. I'm not going to play those comments, but here was Rodgers. Rodgers was suggesting some of the younger players needed their playing time cut and that the team was making too many mental mistakes. He doubled down um, outside, you know, in the locker room. So I'll play that clip.
1: I did do it privately. I'm not saying anything on Pat that I'm not saying to those guys. So, you know, maybe that's, uh, you know, talking about a conversation that's behind closed doors in public, but, you know, the level of accountability is the standard here. And again, I don't think it should be a problem to any of those guys uh, to, to hear criticism. Uh, we all hear criticism in our own ways and we all got to, you know, be okay with it and take it in, process it. And if it doesn't fit, then it doesn't fit. But if it fits, we got to, We got to wear it and improve on those those certain things. Again, I I said I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be a robot up here. You know, I don't understand why people have a problem with uh, things that are truthful. You know, I'm calling things the way I see it. People don't think I need to hear that stuff out. That's their opinion. But I'm doing what I think is the best interest of our guys. And I've tried a lot of different things from a leadership standpoint this year. And you know, I was just relating my personal feelings and the situation. I didn't call anybody out by name. Um, I think we all need to, to be on the details, and that includes me. If I need to have, you know, one-on-one extra conversations with those guys during the week, then I'm going to do that. And we have done that to an extent. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm not just putting, you know, one or two guys on, on, on blast. I'm, I'm alerting everybody that this hasn't been good enough and we all got to do a little better job. You know, if one of those guys has a problem with it, I'm right here. I'd love to have a conversation. I enjoy those conversations, you know. I enjoy any type of uh, conflict like that because I know the resolution on the other side is going to make us, uh, you know, a better unit, a better friendship, a better cohesion on the field. But nobody's come to me and said, I got a problem with what you said. I think everybody knows, uh,
0: Matt included, uh, that, you know, everything's got to take a little uptick, get a little better. Uh, Matt there that he's referencing at the end being head coach Matt LaFleur. So, listen, I have... It's Aaron Rodgers, right? Uh, He he has made some enemies over the last couple of years with the COVID stuff and everything, and um, people are not his biggest fan, but in terms of sports and and a winning attitude and what it takes to win, I have no issue with what Rogers said. He hit on a couple of key points. He did not call anybody out by name. Okay, he's not putting the blame on any single one person. He did say he's had conversations with guys, but he's not going to call anybody out. This is what a, this is what your quarterback is supposed to do, right? This is not acceptable. This is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, one of the greatest of all time, and they are just a flat out bad team. And yes, these young receivers are dropping balls. They're not doing their job. They're getting penalized. Uh so things have not been good in Green Bay but this is the type of stuff that you want. It's not like, "Oh, I'm going to fight you, bro," or you know, guys bickering in the locker room and screaming at each other. No, he's trying to work with these guys cuz he needs them for for this team to grow and to move on and to get better. So it's still early enough where they can right the ship. Um but it might have to be as a wild card team cuz Minnesota keeps winning and they're starting to fall out of it there um in terms of the divisional race. So again, I have no issue with what Rogers said. Um, and we'll see if, if if this is a sneaky game. Buffalo is favored by double digits against Green Bay. And I know Green Bay has lost to some bad teams. The Giants, I'm not saying that these te- are bad teams now, but typical teams that they should have beat being the Giants, the Jets, and now especially the Commanders. And now to go to Buffalo, they could possibly lose to all three New York teams. In a matter of four weeks, uh, but hold your horses. this is a big spread. I know the packers are down Lazard and and, uh, and whatnot, but this is a sneaky, weird game where the way this season's been going, I wouldn't be so sure if they if they get blown out in this game. I don't know. they probably will, but it's one of those that it's giving me pause to be like,, mm, should I bet it? I not so fast. it's not as easy as you think. Okay, speaking about the Giants, Daniel Jones did it again, notching yet another clutch come from behind victory, his fifth in seven games. That's like the most since like 1940s or 50s. It's just ridiculous. Uh, The Giants did need a goal line stand to win this one as Christian Kirk caught a pass but was stopped at the one-yard line. It was a beautiful gang tackle. Three guys came up, stuffed him at the one-yard line as time expired, and... That's all it takes. The Jags were oh so close, but couldn't get it done. Uh, Jones had arguably the best game of his career, including a career-high 107 yards rushing. I don't think a Giants quarterback has ever rushed for 100 yards. Um, and, of course, I played against him in fantasy because someone had a quarterback on bye and streamed Daniel Jones, of all people, and he got over 30 points. And I lost because of that. I don't want to talk about fantasy. Um, It's been... Yeah, it's the most rushing yards by a Giants quarterback in a game since, okay, nineteen forty-nine. Not to mention my New York Jets. Let's jump over, talk about my New York Jets. They are now five and two after an ugly win in Denver um against Brett Rippin, another backup quarterback. The Jets have now faced in in uh seven games, they faced what, like four backup quarterbacks. They had Lamar Jackson in week one. Okay, not a backup. In week two, they play they played the um Week two might have been the Cleveland Browns. Of course, Jacoby Brissett is a backup to Deshaun Watson, essentially, um, but that doesn't really count. Of course, they played Miami. They faced two backup quarterbacks there. Cincinnati, they played against Burrow. Um, Denver was a backup, you know. It, so, but that's the schedule, right? And in other years, the Jets would lose to these backups. They lost to Teddy Bridgewater last year with the Broncos, like by a, a ton they've lost to brett rippon by 22 years ago or whatever the school final score was a couple of years ago in 2020 brett rippon his only other start in the nfl he beat the jets so on other years the jets would lose these games this is not your same jets this jets team is pretty good unfortunately um lost in the sauce Ha ha ha, Sauce Gardner, was the fact that the Jets lost star rookie running back Brees Hall for the season with a torn ACL. They also lost Elijah Vera Tucker, their Swiss Army knife offensive lineman, who never played tackle in his life and switched over to tackle and was playing at a high level, out for the season with a triceps injury. Oh, disgusting. But Joe Douglas, as he's done every year since he's been GM, he wasted no time, went out and made a trade. He saw the value here. Um, The Jets' running game is their strength on offense, and without Brees Hall, they can't put it all solely on Michael Carter. He goes out and trades a sixth-round pick for a very solid running back in uh, from the Jaguars in James Robinson, former undrafted guy, 1,000-yard rusher, very, very solid. Started off really hot this year as the lead back, but the last couple weeks his touches have been waning, and ETN has really taken off as their, as the future of that team. So great trade. It can become a, turn into a fifth-rounder should he rush for 600 yards. Uh, let's talk Monday night football. Really fast. The Patriots were 8.5-point favorites, which, again, that seemed like a lot. And the way the season is going, shocker, the Patriots lost. If there's anything I've learned through six weeks of football in the NFL, it's that I don't know a damn thing. Take the dogs, take the dogs, take the dogs. There, That's where the value is. Um, this was supposed to be the return of Mac Jones. He started, went three of six, and on his final pass through an interception, um, I say final pass because he was then benched for Bailey Zappi, or was he? Ah, uh, Bill Belichick was asked about that. Um, I have two clips from Belichick, and I don't know which one is which. Hold on, um, hold on. Let's see. Um, let's. This might be the one.
1: Oh uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes here today.
0: Ah, uh, no, that was okay. It's this one. Who is the starting quarterback? Yeah, we just finished the game. So Win came out of the game bill was that a medical decision the timing of the no pulling him so is that related to the the interception that was his no. last play tonight
1: no we we had planned to play uh i told the quarterbacks that we were gonna we were gonna play both of them So we did
0: and so was the plan for three series it just seems when his last play is an interception it looks like a, a benching for performance
1: that's not what it was but you can write whatever you want to write that's not what it was was mac jones aware that he would only play part of the game yes
0: gotta love bill he'll he doesn't give anything away and so yeah the, the reporters are asking the right question he was benched for throwing an interception right and he just doesn't he won't give you an answer he's like both quarterbacks knew that they were going to play in this game. Um, it looked like the right decision, too, when they brought in uh, Bailey Zappi um, because reports came in. I mean, he, he he completed his first pass on like a little wheel route up the sideline for a big chunk, and then he throws a bomb for a touchdown, although I could argue the throw wasn't, wasn't great um, and that... Um, Jacoby Myers made a beautiful catch and slid into the end zone before he was touched. The stadium was going wild at this point, chilling, uh, Zappy, 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 whatever, Um, just screaming his name, and it's like, wow, they just soured on Mac Jones this quickly. However, however, calm your horses. Um, The Pats wouldn't score in the second half, and Zappy would end up throwing two interceptions. The Bears somehow won this one by a final of 33-14. Thirty-three to fourteen, and we now know. I'll play the clip. But Bill was asked which quarterback will start Sunday against the Jets, and he gave well a Belichickian answer. We now know it will be Mac Jones, but don't hold, don't don't be surprised if we also see Bailey Zappi yet again. Um, But again, uh, being that that didn't work, I don't know if they'd be willing to go back to Zappi. Um, for a second straight week, start Mac, and then it would just be a debacle. But here's what Bill said earlier in the week. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes here today. You plan
1: on having quarterback rotation again? We'll see how it goes today.
0: Is that something that would be?
1: Look, we're not. Up? Look, we're not doing anything here. We haven't practiced. We're going to go out and we're going to see how it goes today. All right. What we decide, it will see how it goes today. We'll see how it goes today. All right. Thank you.
0: Okay, yeah. So Bill being Bill, not giving anything away. Uh, We'll see how it goes at practice. We're not going to name a starter. We're not going to name a starter. Um, So – then i think that i think it was that day at practice it was like breaking news mac jones has taken like 90% of the first team reps so he is going to start officially against the jets i am keeping an eye out for this one um i will be watching i'm obviously a jets fan this is a huge game the jets should remember and should be you know, oozing at the mouth, foaming at the mouth, ready, you know, for revenge, like rabid dogs because of what the Patriots did to us a year ago, beating us, what was it, like 53 to 10, just some ridiculous number, uh, just awful. So, uh, you know, this is a new look Jets team without without Hall, um, you know, without Brees and without Elijah Vera Tucker. So it's going to be a tall order. Elijah Moore will be back in this one. So it's going to be an interesting game. The spread being two and a half, it's going to be a close game. Uh, I'm just hoping the Jets could get to six and two because six and two sounds so much better than five and three, so much better, especially since you're going into a bye after this and then you have to play Buffalo um, and then come back after the bye and play the Patriots again in New England. It, It just would not be great. Okay, the Colts announced Monday that Matt Ryan is out as starting quarterback. Apparently, I don't know if this is a fake injury or not, but apparently uh, he has a grade two shoulder separation, so Sam Ellinger will take over in his place Um, It's no secret that the Colts have been marred in a quarterback carousel since Frank Reich took over as head coach. This is just unacceptable. I mean, since 2018, when Reich came in from the Eagles off that Super Bowl, the Colts have employed seven different starting quarterbacks. I get it, the whole Andrew Luck retiring thing, you weren't ready for that or expecting it, but come on. It remains to be seen uh, whether Ellinger can get them going in the right direction, Uh, but Matt Ryan had a really crazy uh season um thus far when i say crazy i mean crazy he's thrown for nine touchdowns nine interceptions that's the most in the nfl has been sacked 24 times most in the nfl fumbled a whopping 11 times again the most in the nfl and turned the ball over 12 times, also the most in the NFL. Yet, yeah, just two weeks ago, he threw for 389 yards and three touchdowns against Jacksonville and was named player of the week. Just really crazy stuff. Um, So, we'll see if Ellinger can get this team going or not. I'm going to say no. Um, Interestingly enough, Andy Dalton will remain the starter in New Orleans. This despite... Uh, A somewhat healthy Jameis, who I'm hearing was actually active on Thursday night football a week ago, but did not play. Uh, Dalton threw two picks, uh, excuse me, two pick sixes in that game on Thursday night against the Cardinals. But hey, he did also throw for 361 yards and four touchdowns. So uh, the Saints have been awful this year. They were one of my so-called sleeper teams to make the playoffs, and it has been just this is... A disaster. Jameis has been out. Uh, Jarvis Landry has been out. Michael Thomas has been out since week three with a turf toe injury. Tell me why none of these three players have been put on IR. And Michael Thomas, do you realize this man has turf toe? Turf toe. It seems like he's had turf toe for the last three years. He has single-handedly decimated two of my fantasy teams. I drafted him with the fifth overall pick two years ago, my highest draft pick in my 12-team league, highest pick I've ever had in about, I think we've been doing the league for over 10 years. I've never had higher than the fifth overall pick, and I took Michael Thomas, and he practically missed the whole season. Then he missed all of last season, and now I take him again in like the fifth round I thought it was a good sleeper spot. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, Michael Thomas finally healthy, this, that, and the other. Great in the first two weeks. Gets hurt in week three and has been out since with turf toe. Meanwhile, a guy by the name of Brian Robinson on the Washington Commanders got shot in an attempted, you know, robbery or whatever. And he's been he came back before you could come back from turf toe. Just bizarre The the are the. the the botch job of this organization right now. Why is Jarvis Landry not on IR? He's another guy. And they already ruled both of these these, these guys out for Sunday's game. And, and now against the Raiders. And I guess Jameis is active. And will he play? I don't, Probably not again. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand it. Uh, I'm done talking about the Saints. They 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 have screwed me every which way. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're a bad team right now. And it's just, I don't get it. I'm speechless. Okay. The Eagles made a splash yesterday when they traded a fourth rounder to Chicago. Uh, actually, this was on Wednesday in exchange for former All Pro defensive end Robert Quinn. Quinn recorded 18 and a half sacks last season, but his production hasn't been there so far this year. The Bears are just such a hard team to watch. They're so bad. Um, the Chiefs also made a trade. Dun, dun, dun. The Chiefs made a trade. They made a splash yesterday for Chicago. Giants wide receiver Kadarius Toney, the former 20th overall pick uh, of the G-Men, missed 12 out of a possible 24 games with the team. Good job, Dave Gettleman. That was a Dave Gettleman uh, draftee. He hasn't played for the Giants, so what do they need him for, right? The Giants recouped a third, and uh, I think it's like conditional sixth-round pick, so that's actually not bad. And um, yeah, there was some talk that the Giants were going to keep him out this week just to be cautious ahead of the bye. And then he'd have another, that extra week of the bye to stay, you know, get really healthy. And then they could use him for the, for the second half of the season. And apparently he did not like that. Uh, They've probably been clashing with him much like Odell. I don't know, you know who he really thinks he is, but he hasn't really established himself. Yes. He has all the tools to be amazing. He could be a huge fit for the chiefs. I mean, Bart Scott went as far as to say, this guy's going to be a hall of famer with, With Mahomes, that's a bit strong, but see if he could stay healthy. He might miraculously make a recovery, and maybe he just didn't want to play for the Giants. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, we have to talk about Jamar Chase. This is big news that seemingly came out of nowhere. Yesterday, we found out that the star wide receiver is likely going to land on IR with a hip injury. Zach Taylor spoke a little while ago, and he said they have a few days before they have to designate him for IR, but that's probably going to happen. Um, apparently, he injured his hip versus the Saints a couple weeks ago and then aggravated it last week. So it, I'm, I'm hearing it could be anywhere from four to six weeks. IR is typically four weeks, but he might require um a little bit longer. Um, All right, let's briefly talk about last night's Thursday night football game. It was so bad. Mark Andrews went off early. He did not return. Rashad Bateman left the game. So Andrews, Bateman, and Gus Edwards came into this game all as questionable. They were all out active they all started and two of the three gets hurt and then wait till the fourth quarter midway through gus edwards has a nice little 10 15 yard run and he hurts his hamstring and doesn't come back uh just incredible and he's missed all the season so far except you know he played last week in his first game despite all that and a bad start where they started off poorly and the bucks took a lead Ah, uh, 10-3 lead. The Ravens somehow came back in the second half, went on a 24-to-12 run and beat the Bucks 27-to-22. The Bucks again now 3 and 5 and have lost 3 straight. 3 straight. It's the first time in Tom Brady's career, the first time ever that he is two games under 500. He's never been more than one game under 500, which means this is the first time in his career he's ever lost back-to-back games. Incredible. Although, you could argue, I'd have to, I, I wonder if, if it's possible that he did lose back-to-back games in, like, last game of the regular season and then first game of the playoffs type of thing. Um, hmm. But it certainly wouldn't have been, Ah, who knows, um, I'm thinking about it too much, but anyway, Bucks are now three and five lost three straight. and I'll say what I've been saying for a while. It's no coincidence who their head coach is. It's Todd Bowles. Todd, 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 Todd. I've been saying it for a while now ever since he was with the Jets. And you saw him on the sideline, and you see him in every freaking interview. He doesn't really open his mouth much, and he just talks like this, and, you know, we'll see how it goes, and, you know, we're going to try to shut down Lamar Jackson, and they're losing the game, and he's on the sideline with the same stoic look. There's no throwing things. There's no emotion. He is just the same all the time. And it doesn't work. And he's not a good head coach. He's a good offensive, uh, defensive coordinator. But he's not meant to be a head coach. This is his second go of it. And he's single-handedly ruining this great team. I, oh, God. Help us all. All right, let's jump in, talk some NBA. All right. Uh, actually. Before I get into the NBA, there's one last thing. We've got a we've got the Jaguars and Broncos playing Sunday 9:30. That's an early start, and Russell Wilson will be back in this one after you know the Wolverine blood uh, healed up nicely and his hammy's good to go. But here we go again, Russell Wilson with another cringe comment. You cannot make this up. Is this man for real at this point, or is he just trolling us with Halloween coming? I don't know, but take—you have to listen to this for yourself.
1: I don't really get jet lag too often, you know. I don't—I don't really, um, you know, I've traveled enough to to get, you know, kind of get my system down. But uh, yeah, for me, I was on the plane. First two hours, I was uh, uh, first two hours flight. Was it, eight hours flight here? That's the first two hours. I was watching the film. Getting, watching all the cutups and everything else, and then for the next four hours, I was doing treatment on the plane. I was walking up and down the aisles. Everybody was knocked out. I was doing high knees and working, on my, working on my legs and everything else. You know, make sure I'm ready to rock. Uh, so that was good. And then the last two hours of the last hour of that, I, I watched. I fell asleep for one hour, and then I watched the film the rest. So uh, I felt felt good to go once we got.
0: I mean, serious. Yeah, everybody. Oh, my teammates are sleeping on the plane, and I'm just running around doing high knees. I mean, is this man for real? Is he for real? I, I just, I, I, don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. Um, he, he's so cringy, and I just hope to God this can't, this isn't real. And he's gonna one day just come out and tell us that he's been just making it all up. It's a skit. It, it, it's a bit, and and he's screwing with all of us. Unbelievable. Uh Jags are actually favored in that game. It's the the Broncos have to get have to get in the win column. I mean, they can't go to two and six against the Jaguars in London. I'm sorry. I'm taking the Broncos in this game. Like if there's not if this is if this isn't the game to win, then forget it. There's the season's a lost cause. All right. Jump into the NBA. We had a good game. Warriors Suns on Tuesday night. Things got heated between Klay Thompson and Devin Booker at one point in the third quarter. There were seven technicals. And Klay Thompson was ejected for the first time, first time in his career, 796 career regular and postseason games. This is how it unfolded.
1: Moments ago, Clay Thompson has been ejected from this ball game. We talked about him and Devin Booker getting into it. This was the double technical between the two. As Clay is going to the bench, he has words with the official Ed Malloy, who gives him his second technical and sends him to the locker room. But
0: Candace, as he's walking off, it looks like he has a few choice words for Phoenix's bench. Looks like he said. Set- It's game four
1: <laughs> and a beauty in the valley of the
0: sun on TNT. Yeah. So uh, that second part of that clip where it cut, that was uh, probably that I think that was after before he got the, the, the ejection there. Uh, but yeah, first time, and he, he was heated, man, Uh, but this was a good rivalry. These are two of the top teams in the West, but just crazy to think that that's the first time that he's ever been ejected. It's like he's been ejected once, and he's got a teammate in Draymond Green who's probably been ejected like 100 times. Just totally different, Um, contrasting teams. Uh, the Trailblazers are cooking. Uh, this was earlier in the week, but they had jumped out to a 4-0 and start for the first time since 1999. And this is a year after they split up C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard with talks that Damian Lillard would be gone. And it, But a new hero has emerged, and it's none other than Anthony Simons, the fifth-year guard, started to truly make a name for himself. Last year, you started to hear his name come about. But Monday night, he was on absolute fire against a very good Nuggets team. He hit his first eight shots. His first eight shots, including six straight threes en route to a 135-110 win. Take a listen.
1: Now he'll defend Lillard outside. It will snap off the pass to Simons. He'll trigger from long range. He's going to run. Wings left and right. He'll steady give to Simons. Had a notion. Steps back fires the triple got it oh the fire has been lit absolutely they're gonna call technical fouls so he said that was one way I was able to kind of tamp down that enthusiasm Uh-oh. Uh-oh. of heart and Simons is officially on fire Simons releases scores another three look at Dave look at Dave we know where the Blazers want to go with this basketball. They waste no time. Simon's rushing off oh, the screen. Drilled it straight away and got knocked down. And the crowd going nuts. Delirious here in Portland. Knowing the, the player of the week and the rest of the conference has the ball, and he's not even the one you got to worry about at this moment. Simon's thirsty for it. Comes to it. He'll lift off again. And hit another one. Anthony Simons knocking him down.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was absolutely cooking in this game. Uh, just one of those nights where everything is going through through the bucket, through the hoop. Uh, center, Yusuf Nurkic, he had actually an amazing quote after the game, saying, at one, at one moment, I wasn't even trying to worry about setting a screen because I was just trying to see it. Like, I wanted to be a part and watch. I was like, this mother bleep hot. I want to see it go in. So I thought that was funny. Like, just... He was like a fan out there. He wasn't even worried about setting screens for him anymore. He was just trying to... He was just watching the greatness, you know? So, uh, really special there. Simons is averaging 19.8 points through those first four games. Unfortunately, all good things must come to an end, and just some teams are, are absolutely cursed, and Blazers might be one of them. They lost to the Heat on Wednesday, and unfortunately... Damian Lillard left this one with a calf strain, which we now know will sideline him for one to two weeks. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But you knew they weren't going to go undefeated the whole season. So 4-0, pretty good start. Uh they dropped Wednesday's game, and now we'll see what they're able to do without Dame Dalla. Uh from one team getting it done to another team in complete shambles, as of Wednesday, the Lakers are now. 0-4 with the worst offense in the league. The last time they started 0-4 was the 2015-16 season. And that year, they finished 17-65. Oh, my God. The last time a LeBron James-led team started 0-4 was way back in 2003, his rookie year in Cleveland on a team that finished 35-47. and As a team, they are 33 for 148 from deep. That is 20 good for 22%. And they're catching strays from everywhere. Uh, Just listen to this clip of a Cavs broadcast, broadcaster roasting the Lakers. The Cavs weren't even playing the Lakers in this game. It was just brought up.
1: Some teams expected to do well, have done well. The Celtics off to a nice start. Not the Lakers. Not the Lakers. You no. don't expect them to do well, they're not. They're having a tough, Ooh, tough time. They're horrible. I'll they, tell you. They look bad. They can't play dead in the West. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> Poor Ron going to waste his 50th year in the league on that team. Oh, my goodness. So That makes his feet hurt just thinking about the rest of the All
0: right, so did you catch that? My God, they're horrible. They can't play dead in a Western. I mean, that is some great stuff right there, like just telling it how it is, holding nothing back. That's how bad the Lakers are. Um, It's gotten so bad. Russell Westbrook has made three of 17 jump shots this season. Also, he is the only player that has attempted a jump shot with under 30 seconds to go and 15-plus seconds left on the shot clock clock. With their team up by one possession in the last four seasons, he took that shot, and LeBron and AD are just like hands up, couldn't believe it. Like, what are you doing taking that shot? And he missed it, of course, and that and they lost the game. Uh, #Hashtag Trade AD has started to trend. The the crowd is gasping at Russ's every time he shoots the ball. Uh, Darvin Ham, their head coach, said uh, his benching of Westbrook wasn't a demotion but a realignment. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, Darvin. Um, so, yeah, that's what's going to happen. He missed Wednesday's game with, like, a mild hammy injury. He's back tonight. He will be coming off the bench. So, no, it's not a benching, says the first-year head coach. It's just a realignment. Oh, okay, yeah, because we're that stupid. So bad. So, from a team with the worst offense in a league in the league to the team with the worst defense in the league, my Brooklyn Nets—they played a first, a great first half against Milwaukee on Wednesday night, but I, f- I knew it wasn't going to hold in that in that second half, that third quarter, especially. The Nets have not been good in third quarters over the last couple of years. Um, they were putrid in the third, and especially bad in the fourth quarter in route. Uh. Oh, God. A 110 to 99 loss. They just let this one um just slide from their grasp. It was like 83-83 at one point, and the Nets went like six straight minutes without a basket. Uh, of course, questions keep circling back to Ben Simmons' lack of production, and Kyrie Irving wasn't having any of it.
1: So you guys keep coming here asking me, like, what about Ben? What about Ben? And it's just he hasn't played in two years. Give him, give him a f- chance. You know what I mean? We stay on his. Sh- stay on. I wish I could say other words because I'm from Jersey, but we, think we stay on him and uh, <laughs> like you should stay on him. And, and we're just here to give him positive affirmations uh, while he's out there and just let him hoop, you know, and then while he's hooping and getting back into it, we're going to have to really gel as a team in order to learn how to win as a group.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, um, he might say that, but then he passes the ball to Ben Simmons close to the basket and he kicks it back out and you could see Kyrie screaming, shoot the ball, Ben. So I think even they are getting a little frustrated. I mean, Ben Simmons stat line for the season. I mean, it is so bad. It's alarming him and Russell Westbrook. They need to go to a sports psychologist because it is. I mean, something has happened like they are the guys in Space Jam that lost their powers because it is it is awful. I mean, absolutely awful. What these two guys are doing. Um, Let's see. Um, Wow. So let's see. Uh, I thought I had it here. Okay. So, yeah. After five games, and the Nets are one and four, or they've played five games. So, okay. One and four. Ben Simmons' total scoring stats are thus 28 points, 12 for 27. 0 for 1 from 3. Wow, he actually shot a 3. And 4 for 10 from the free throw line. Those look like stats from a single game. Those are his stats for the entire season. And yeah, they lost a tough game last night on a uh back-to-back against the um uh Dallas Mavericks in overtime. He had probably his best game. He had like 7 points, 8 rebounds, um uh you know, a couple of uh, a couple of assists or something. Uh, he was one of one from the free throw line. So 7-8, four assists. He had three steals. He had the key steal off Luka that sent this game to overtime. Uh, they kind of trapped him, and he tried to pass it back out to the top, did Luka. And Ben Simmons got his hand in there, stole it, dribbled down, kicked it to, uh, just passed it off to KD, who didn't even have to take a dribble, two steps and dunked it uh, to send this to overtime. But the Nets just... They couldn't score in overtime, and they ended up losing. Uh, They were down nine in OT. They end up losing by four. Um, Just not good. Royce O'Neal's a good player on defense. He's not the shooter that a Joe Harris or a Seth Curry is, and those guys just aren't healthy enough yet to play or play big minutes, and Harris isn't playing on the back-to-back right now coming off uh, of an ankle injury that Cost him to miss all of last season. So, uh, you know, I think they'll they'll work things out. But it's just so wild to see guys like Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons not even be able to put the ball in the hoop anymore. Like guys that averaged like just triple doubles. I mean, and they can't. They just can't do it. It's it, it's oh my god. It's insane. Um, so yeah, there's a huge uh, slate of games. Uh, everybody's playing tonight, pretty much. And the Bucks are the only undefeated team in in the NBA right now. Okay, finally, I have an update on Brittany Griner. It's been weeks since I talked about Brittany Griner, but I have an update. The star basketball player lost her appeal um, of her nine-year prison sentence, so that was upheld. This means that she can now be sent to a penal colony, which that sounds like a freaking labor camp in Russia. I that's crazy, uh, but the WNBA did issue a statement of support, saying Griner never intended to break Russian laws and is very clearly a hostage. I hope people learn from this. Like, do not break rule, break the laws in these other countries. You had the kid in North Korea that stole the, fle- the, the 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 whatever the picture off the wall at the hotel, and they basically murdered him. They 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 killed him. By the time he got back to the U.S., he was a vegetable, and then he died. I mean, you. F- friggin screw around in these other countries, man, your life is on the line. You don't realize how great you have it in America. And that's why I laugh at people that, that say, oh, uh, uh, Trump is not my president or this guy's not my president or whatever. I'm leaving this country. Okay, great. Where are you going to go? Because you have more freedoms in this country than you will find anywhere else in the world. In the world. But back to Greiner uh, earlier this month, the White House said they made a substantial offer to exchange Russian prisoners for her release. But they have not heard back, not heard back. Get your ass on the phone, call up Putin and demand her back. Like you, you this isn't something like what did you leave a voicemail or you you emailed them and said, hey, I'll give you these two guys in exchange for her. And, and like what? You haven't heard back. Did you literally like this is this something somebody said you haven't heard back? So you actually like emailed them and left a voicemail like that's not something. No, this is something you talk to somebody on the phone or on a teleconference like video conference. you got to talk to somebody in in charge over there in government. And this has gone on for way too long. Like, how hard is this to get her back from like this is pathetic. This is actually pathetic. Somebody needs to be held accountable. Um, Hubert Davis, big man on campus. He signed a huge contract extension through the twenty 28 season, receiving a raise in the process after making a run to the historic run to the national championship as an eight seed. Coach Hubert Davis has signed a contract extension, which will tie him to the program, like I said, through the 27, 28 season. The extension was actually signed August 22nd, it also includes significant raises for Hubert following his successful first season leading the Tar Heels first season, and he took him to the national championship. Of course, he's going to get a raise and an extension. Uh, he will earn roughly $16.7 million over the term of the deal, including about $2.4 million this season. Uh, that includes his base salary of $400,000 annually, as well as supplemental income, uh, North Carolina has an existing apparel contract with Nike, obviously the Jordan brand, right, which will pay Davis about $250,000 a year and a multimedia rights agreement with Learfield Communications, which will pay him another five hundred dollars per year. Uh, he's also eligible for roughly $1.1 $1. $1 million in annual bonuses, which are tied to team success, individual coaching accolades, and continued academic success. Yeah, we don't need a, a repeat of what happened with the North Carolina, uh, what was it, the football players who were in, like, fake classes and just getting passed. Uh, this contract replaces Davis' initial deal worth roughly $10 million, the one he signed last spring following his promotion to head coach and, yeah, the whole wake of, of Roy Williams' uh, sudden retirement. The deal also provides Davis an annual expense allowance. Uh Tell me why he needs that, no idea. Uh, He made about 1.8 million last year, but due to the Tar Heels' success during, like I said, their run to the national championship in which they lost by three points to Kansas, he also earned another 575,000 in bonuses. This makes sense. Um, UNC will also begin the season as the number one ranked team in the country after returning four starters. So yeah, everything about this makes sense. They locked him up for the long haul and it, you know, it's the right move. All right. Not too bad. We've hit the end of the show. All right. Uh, some must watch TV for this weekend. I am going to be a schlub. I'll be sitting inside watching the World Series, watching college football, which I will be betting on, watching NFL football and playing video games and watching some TV. I will watch the per- uh, peripherals tonight um, as well. Mentioned that show earlier. So must watch TV this weekend. Number two, Ohio State at number 13, Penn State. That will be on Fox at 12 p.m. Points, points, points. That's what I'm expecting in this game. What Penn State put up like 50 last week against Minnesota. Uh, Ohio State put up, you know, the same 54. I'm expecting a whole lot of scoring and so are the books. The over-under is like 71 in this game. Um, This might be one of those over-unders where you kind of play it safe and bet it live. It's a scary thought because it could be like 21 to 17 in the first quarter, but it might be a gamble. Uh, 71 is a really, really high, high over under, but this uh, nonetheless should be a really good game. You've got Florida at number one, Georgia. That's at 330 on CBS. Can Georgia stay unbeaten? We'll see. Number nine, Oklahoma State at number 22, Kansas State. Again, Kansas State coming off a tough, uh, you know, loss in which they led by 17 points over TCU. They've dropped down now to number 22 in the country. And Oklahoma State, they're, they're killing it right now. They're quietly rising up the leaderboards, uh, up the standings. That'll be on Fox at 3.30 after the Ohio State-Penn State game. Um, and then to the NFL side of things, you've got the Broncos and Jaguars. Again, that'll be on ABC. Okay. So it's saying it's on ABC everywhere. I was seeing a couple hours ago, uh, before I jumped on here, I was seeing that it was on ESPN plus. So I, you know, that's an ESPN affiliate. I'm hoping it's on ABC cause well, for me, it doesn't matter, but most people don't know how to figure out how, to, don't know how to work, uh, an Apple TV or a streaming box to, uh, get that on ESPN plus Um, I still like the Jags in that game uh, one o'clock you've got Patriots at Jets this is going to be again a very intriguing game I like the Jets at the plus two and a half right now I think you better get this jump on this line if you want it now I, I would just take the Jets money line personally because the money is going to come pouring in on the Jets come Sunday morning you've got the 49ers at the Rams that's on Fox at 4:25 p.m. okay one big note in here Debo Samuel is officially out for the um excuse me for the 49ers he is dealing with a is it a groin or a hamstring injury let me see what Shefty tweeted um yeah, hamstring injury, so he will be out. Uh, that's a big blow for the 49ers. But, hey, more more Christian McCaffrey for us now. Uh, so we'll see him really get going. This is like his true debut. His his first debut, he didn't do too much, but this is like the real one. And that's a big divisional matchup as well because should the Seahawks lose uh, at the same 425 start time to the Giants, the 49ers could jump back into first place. This another one, I, I like the G-men with the spread here, although it's a very, if, if there's a game that the Giants are going to lose, I think this would be it, traveling cross-country. Um, it's tough. But without DK Metcalf, if they could shut down the run, wink Martindale, I think they could get this one done. I know Seattle's a tough place to play, but Gino has come back down to earth, so I'm not too worried. Some other games going on to pay pay attention to and keep an eye out for Chicago at Dallas. Dallas favored by nine and a half. That's a big number, big number. I don't know if they cover that. I would not. I would not go near a, a number that high. You've got Detroit versus Miami. Uh, Miami favored by three and a half. That seems to be like the consensus pick this week for Survivor Pools. A lot of people taking Miami. Um, but I will caution you and say this. When you take a team when you bet against a team that's lost like four, five, six in a row, don't be surprised when they reel off an upset. We've seen it in the past. So that that always gives me uh, you know, pause for concern. Um, uh, but Detroit, I think, is dealing with some injuries, although they will get their running back. Um, they will get one of their star pieces back um this week because you know, they've been hurting at that position. They had the fumble at the goal line with William, Jamal Williams fumbling at the goal line against Dallas. Um, so they will get their star running back, DeAndre Swift, back this week. Take it for what it is. But the Cowboys defense is just stupid good. Um, you've got the Green Bay Packers at Buffalo Bills. They had us up to 11. Uh, Bills are favored by 11. That's the Sunday night game. And then some other college football games I might have missed West Virginia versus TCU. TCU is seven and a half point favorites. Uh, Kentucky at Tennessee. That's the one I like Kentucky to cover this spread of 12. I know it's at Tennessee, 12, 12 and a half, whatever, is it, whatever it's at. I'm looking forward to that. And then, of course, we've got game one of the World Series tonight Philly at Houston. Houston's like minus 165. I got Philadelphia at plus like 145, I want to say I took them at. Uh, let me see. I took them on bar stool at plus 145, 50 bucks I threw on there. Um, Phillies are plus 160 to win the series, about and Houston uh, minus 185, which I mentioned at the top of the show. So, uh, yeah, look forward, looking forward to to that and everything else going on. All right. And finally, let's get to our last segment. We always finish the show off with an on this date in sports, and I've got uh, a couple for you. So, On this day, October 28th, 2003, Dwayne Wade made his NBA debut. Also on October 28th, this time in 2009, Steph Curry and James Harden made their debuts. And on October 28th, 2010, John Wall made his debut. Okay, if you want something baseball-related or relevant for the World Series tonight, I can give you one, uh, this being from yesterday. So October 27th, 2011. Such an iconic moment in sports history. Um, David Fries had two of the most clutch hits in World Series history. Let me just give you the background. With his Cardinals down to their last strike, losing the game, bottom of the ninth inning, down two runs, two outs, two strikes, two runners on. David Freeze smokes a ball with two strikes, laces a ball over Nelson Cruz's head for a triple. For a triple, it scores two runs. It ties the game. And then, of course, there would be magic as Freeze would then go on to hit a walk-off home run in the 11th inning to send the World Series to a Game 7 in which the Cardinals would win.
1: This is already a classic. The Rangers a strike away from winning it. Into right, well hit. Back at the wall. It's off the wall. One run scores. Here comes Berkman. Freeze has tied it. 7-7. 7-7. Unbelievable. Freeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night.
0: I mean, can you imagine the Rangers were one strike away from winning a World Series, and this man single-handedly ended it all. He was NLCS MVP. Um, You know, he he, World Series MVP. He was just on fire, on fire, on fire, on fire. So, yeah, let's hope we can see some more of that type of magic in the World Series, uh, in this World Series. And let's hope that the Astros don't win it. Um, because I don't think anyone wants to see those cheaters win another World Series. And I especially don't want to see them win. Yeah, it would give some validation like, oh, yeah, the Yankees got swept by the team that won the World Series, you know. But that's that's BS. That's malarkey. So uh, that wraps it up, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I believe this is episode 189. And I said on last Friday's episode, oh, stay tuned for tomorrow's episode of uh, through the ringer and we haven't done it. Se- uh, we didn't do it. And then we couldn't do one. We didn't get a chance to do one earlier this week. But I promise you, we will be doing an episode tomorrow. And I swear to God, if something happens and we don't do it tomorrow, it will happen Sunday morning. So keep an eye out for that for all football related stuff. That's our uh, podcast where we talk all about football, football, football. Um, So Looking forward to that. And like I said, just uh, going to sit inside all weekend and watch football, baseball, basketball. It, it, it's it, it's an awesome time of year. We've got the sports equinox. Every sport is going on. So – um Yeah, really looking forward to that. And then one final pro tip before I let you go. If you're on iOS 16.1, 16.1 came out, I believe Monday. It's very recent. Not 16, but this is now 16.1. They enabled live activities. So certain apps have to start updating their apps, their API, to work with live activities. What is live activities? Well, live activities is something that, especially for iPhone 14, will work with the Dynamic Island um, on your home screen as well. Um, But... Basically, live activities allows you to see right on your lock screen without having to open an app where your Uber is, how far away it is. Sports scores updated in real time. There will be a ticker that will show the score of the game. So, obviously, this is a sports podcast, so I'm going to tell you an app to download called Sport Alerts. Um, it is phenomenal. It is totally free because a lot of these apps, it's called sports alerts. It's a picture of a white, you know, whistle. Um, and a lot of these apps are baking in this feature as a premium feature. This is completely free with sports alerts. Download it, go to the sport, find a game that's either live or about to start long press that game. And what you'll find is when you long press that game, it'll give you the option to start live activity like i just did it right now with this phillies and houston game so when the game starts um and if you have an iphone 14 as soon as you add it to your live act uh the live activity it immediately goes into your dynamic island and it will show the score up there always when you're using the phone and then on the lock screen it is so cool it shows a um like notification almost and it says Phillies at Houston today at 803 and it will update the score live as it's happening. So if you're not watching it live and you just want to keep track of the game and then maybe you'll you'll look over to your phone after that movie and see that it's a close game in the seventh and that's when you want to turn it on. Bing bang boom you can do that. So download the app, use the live activities. It's completely free. ESPN, Yahoos, like all these other apps, none of them have enabled this yet or or written their code to support it but this sports alerts Shout out to them. It's an amazing feature and I'm using it. I told all my friends about it. They've started using it. It's just phenomenal. You can do that with football too on Sunday because yes, you have the red zone, but you can add multiple games to this. So like I'll do this Houston Philly game, even though I'll pretty much be watching the World Series. That'll take precedence. I can add all the basketball games I want to the live activities. They won't show up on the dynamic island, but they will show up on the lock screen. It'll show the first one on top, but if you just tap tap that first one it has all the other games hidden underneath and you could scroll right from your lock screen and see all the live scores without having to go to an app or leave the lock screen it's phenomenal so I highly suggest that and um, yeah that's all I have for you guys so enjoy the weekend I know this was a lot to take in but uh, again I hope you enjoy this episode I tried to bring you all the best content in and around sports this week it was a lot but uh, yeah and I didn't get a chance to give you my picks fully. I gave you some college picks, some football picks, but stay tuned for tomorrow's episode of TTR for, for all my, my big-time uh, picks um, for the NFL this coming Sunday. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this has been The Pody. You've been listening to episode 189 of This Week in Sports. I am signing off. Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe.